Hi, I'm Garvin DeShazer. You know, we all hear a lot these days about gender identity. It's a highly politicized issue, but what often gets lost is the real human side of the story. There's a lot of pain there, sometimes as a cause and always as a consequence. But as this story shows, healing begins with truth and vulnerability. Please listen with an open heart today, because this is your daily inspiration. As the young woman listened to her friend share a painful time in his life that left him shattered and hopeless, he turned to her and asked, Have you ever felt that way? Her gaze fell to the floor and her stomach sank. She had, but she'd paid a high price for speaking up before. It was, in fact, the reason she was completely alone now. If she told him the truth, would he abandon her too? Born in Boston, Anna was sensitive, introspective, and above all else, persistent. Her rare talent for piano was discovered when she was only three, and soon she was receiving lessons from the masters. She practiced highly complex Chopin etudes for hours on end, refusing to quit until she met success. She composed her first symphony when she was 10, and by 12, she was performing in Carnegie Hall and Lincoln Center. But the pressure of all the expectations at such an early age was immense. By her early teens, she battled intense feelings of fear and anger. She began cutting herself, which quickly spiraled into a severe addiction. It seemed she navigated life in an impossible space. She had this rich inner world that she lived in, filled with creative ideas and passionate stirrings, yet she remained too afraid to let anyone in. Her one outlet was playing the piano. Music was the one place I could express sadness without being told, just think positive, she says, to express passion without being told I was overly sensitive, and to love without being ignored. Although she found joy in playing privately, publicly all she felt was an ever-increasing pressure to perfection. In fact, it seemed the more praise Anna received, the more anxious she became. Then one night, when Anna Larson was 13 years old and performing at Carnegie Hall, a plank in her sanity broke. I don't recall every detail of the day, she says, but I remember exactly what I thought before I performed. If I mess this up, I'll just kill myself. It was my first suicidal thought. While others looked at Anna and saw all this potential, she looked in the mirror and saw, in her words, a waste of space. By the time she was 15, Anna felt nothing but disgust about herself and about her body. She wanted to run from her body to change who she was. She decided to transition from female to male injecting testosterone to align her outward appearance with a new male identity. Soon, she bought chess binders, cut her hair, and changed her name from Anna to Jess. But even such a radical change in her identity brought no relief. It was, in fact, a bitter disappointment. 
She often holed up in her room, combating panic attacks and feelings of body loathing until she collapsed in exhaustion. After two years, she stopped the hormones and resumed life as a woman, but retained the name Jess. The time that I identified as a trance guy was not a fluke, she says. Both of those parts of my identity coexist within me, each contributing to the person I am. By her sophomore year, she began telling her story in writing. What started as a casual journal entry grew into a 103-page autobiography. When my parents asked me why on earth I would write such a long autobiography, I had no clue how to answer them. I didn't know why. It just felt like something I needed to do. She shares her story with the one person she trusted, her high school science teacher. He told her he would read her story over the summer break. All summer, Jess awaited a response, but one never came. When she asked him about it, he avoided her. It was the first time I had truly opened up to someone, and when he failed to respond, the message I got was, I don't matter, she says. Devastated, she left her teacher an emotionally charged voicemail. Am I hurt by what you did? Yes, but even if you try, you will never be able to hurt me again. Jess was suspended from school and sent for psychiatric evaluations. I felt like a freak show, she said. The adults in charge of the situation told me that sharing my autobiography had broken a boundary. And yet, the boundary within me was exactly what I was trying to break. Shamed by the experience but determined to be heard, she tried once more, sharing her memoir with a counselor. Frightened by her intensity, he too backed away. I resolved right then and there, she says, that I would never open up to anyone again. By now, Jess had reached a breaking point. She began planning her suicide. She wrote a detailed note. She gathered the means and prepared herself to die. But then she pulled back. In the end, what kept me alive was not courage or hope, she says. It was simply the fact that I was too scared of the permanence of death. Mired in despair, yet determined to live, she made a difficult decision. She checked herself into the psychiatric unit of Boston Children's Hospital. It was there that she began to form friendships with other young people in the unit. <laughs> we were the furthest thing from the lost causes the world made us out to be, she says. We were inquisitive and talented and brilliant and kind, even if we didn't know it yet. One day, a friend shared with her a painful time in his life. He turned to her and asked, Have you ever felt that way? She tensed. If she told him the truth now, would he abandon her too? She decided to take one more chance. As I told my story, my stomach was tied in knots, she says. Yet when I finished, it was as if the knots had released and I was suddenly free. I then realized that confronting my past demons was the key to banishing them, that by telling my story, no matter how difficult it was, I could set myself free. From then on, Jess began to share more deeply with those around her. She spoke to a new teacher who eagerly read her entire memoir and was not afraid. 
she learned, finally, that she did matter to those who were able to hear her truth, and that it was the only way she could ever be free. So, how did Jess Larson overcome the pressure for perfection, a crippling self-loathing, and near suicide? She allowed herself to be vulnerable. She persisted in sharing her story one more time, no matter the price. And she discovered that truth was really the only thing that could set her free. Let me ask, what secrets are you holding in that need to come out? Can you carefully seek out someone who has the capacity to hear your truth without judging you? Are you willing to take that step if it means you can finally be free? Can you affirm, I am important, I do matter, and share your story today? Thanks for listening. May your day be filled with love, laughter, and joy. Bye for now. Hi, this is Scott, producer for the Daily Inspirations podcast. We hope you're enjoying these stories, and if you'd like more inspiration in your life, visit MyDailyIAm.com. You can find weekend blog posts, sign up for our email update list, and you can let us know about an inspirational story you'd like us to cover. Or just say hi. We'd love to hear from you.